Hey, ladies. Have you ever heard someone say, don't pray for patience, or I'll never pray for patience again because the lesson of patience is just too difficult? We live in a society where we want it our way and we want it now. We want life to be comfortable and easy and to go the way that we had planned it. When this doesn't happen, we go to God in prayer, hoping that he will change things as quickly as possible to the way that we think that they should be. And then when he doesn't answer that prayer the way that we want him to, and we don't see changes in the situation, then we begin to pray for patience, to deal with whatever is happening impatiently while we're waiting on God to work in our lives or for those that we are praying for. But what if patience in waiting on God isn't really what we're needing? What if the real lesson is learning to trust God enough to be content with where he has you right now? So much so that you stop looking for him to change it. In this episode, we're going to chat about how learning to wait on God is sometimes less about patience and more about learning to be content where God has you. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day, and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. When we pray for patience, what are we really asking for? Most likely, we're asking God to help us deal with our circumstances, whatever they may be, to help us keep the bitterness and the anger at a minimum until he chooses to change what our circumstances are. You may be in some sort of trial or having difficulty in a particular area of your life, or God may not have answered your prayer in the way that you were hoping that he would, or as quickly as you're hoping that he will. So you're praying that this place where he has you is not only temporary, but that he will change it soon. Oftentimes, we are praying for God to change something in our life because we're uncomfortable, because we're in limbo and we're waiting for something to happen so that we know what the next step is going to be, because we're out of our comfort zone and we don't like where we are. It all boils down to, we don't like the way that things are. We want them to change and preferably as quickly as possible. Recently, I was praying for patience and waiting on God to change my circumstances, to deliver me from the feelings of being overwhelmed and overloaded with all the tasks that were on my plate. 
As I prayed, I felt that God was leading me not to pray for patience in waiting, but to pray to be content in where it was that he had me, to stop looking for when the circumstances would change, but to trust him and to accept what was happening in my life, to pray for strength and perseverance until the things did change, whenever that might be. God reminded me of other times in my life when he had put me in a place that I didn't like, and it was not according to my plan. But I realized later that it was where he needed me to be. It was where he wanted me, and there was a reason behind it. One of those times was several years ago when our business took a downturn. We had certainly prayed for God to change things and for business to pick back up again. But after about a year of trying everything that we knew to make ends meet, it was just not being successful at that point. My husband and I realized that it was time for me to go to work someplace else. We live in a relatively small town and I didn't want to drive very far. So I applied at the local Lowe's. It just so happens that they were doing their spring hiring time. And so I was hired as a cashier. I did not want to be a cashier. I didn't want to stand there all day. I wanted to be in the garden center. Like that was my thought. I'm going to go there and I'm going to work and I'm going to be in the garden center. I love gardening. I love being around all that stuff. I have a knowledge about that. I'm going to be walking around busy, you know, carrying things, get great exercise. I did not want to stand there at a cash register all day. When the guy told me, you know, this is what you're going to be. I'm like, well, wait a minute. We talked about me be, you know, out in the garden center. And he said, well, Start here as a cashier and then, you know, we'll see what happens. And I left there. I mean, like I was mad at God going, God, really? Why? Why is it that I have to stand there and be a cashier? This is not the job that I wanted to do. And I definitely had some attitude about it, but I prayed. I let that go and I went to work like everything was fine. Because you see, I've been here before. I've been here where I was upset where God had put me. And I was angry and bitter. And everyone knew that I was not where I wanted to be. And I know that that's not what I should be doing. So I knew in my heart, okay, I have to change this. And so when I went to work, Nobody really knew that I didn't want to be a cashier, except for the man that I told, and he didn't really seem to make a difference to him anyway. But that's where I was. And I did my job, and I did what I was supposed to do, and I learned everything that I needed to learn. And God had a plan. It was only a couple of months later when my supervisor came to me and said, Hey, there's this position open up that's opening up in the office. It's a new position and it's in the office. You're going to be, you know, you would be working for the store manager directly. And I think that you're a perfect fit for this. I went for it and I got the position. Now, as I looked back, I realized if I was out in the garden center doing a job out there, throwing mulch and helping people with plants and that kind of thing, that supervisor would not have seen my customer service skills, my office skills, my how I, you know, just picked right up on the cashier and the computer and that kind of thing. She wouldn't have seen any of that. So God put me in that place as a cashier so that I would 
be right in line, right where I needed to be, to be moved into this other position. And this other position was way better than anything. And trust me, when the weather got really cold, I was glad I was not out in the, in the garden center at all. Paul is an excellent example of someone who has learned to be content, whatever his circumstances are and wherever God has put him. Throughout his ministry, he had various times in his life when he was joyful as he was teaching the truth of the gospel and seeing people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ or encouraging others like Timothy to stand strong as they lead people. But then there were also times of great difficulty and pain, like when he was stoned, beaten, and thrown into prison. And yet, Paul writes in Philippians 4, 11-13, I do not speak because I have need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know both how to face humble circumstances and how to have abundance. Everywhere and in all things I have learned the secret, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things because of Christ who strengthens me. Paul was beaten, stoned, left for dead. He was put in prison on three separate occasions, spending an estimated of of over five years in prison. So how could he learn to be content in that kind of a situation? I believe it was because he trusted in God's sovereignty, in the fact that he knew that he was where exactly where God wanted him to be, no matter what was happening around him. While he was in prison, he witnessed to people who were in prison. He witnessed to the guards. There are men living eternally with Christ right now because God put Paul in prison in a place where he could witness to them and they could become believers. Rather than being bitter, giving up on serving God, or trying to patiently wait for God to get him out of prison, he allowed God to use him where he was to reach others for Christ. There is also a story of a servant girl in the book of Second Kings. I remember reading about her and learning about her many, many years ago. And it's just one of those stories, one of those lessons in the Bible that stick with you and you never forget. So let me read to you Second Kings verses 5, 1 through 3. And it says, Now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man before his master and held favor because by him the Lord had given deliverance to Aram. He was also a mighty warrior, but he had leprosy. The Arameans had gone out raiding and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel, and she waited on the wife of Naaman. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were before the prophet who is in Samaria, then he would take away his leprosy from him. Naaman went to the prophet Elisha, who told him, to wash in the Jordan seven times and that he would be healed. And Naaman does this and he is healed of his leprosy. And he says in 2 Kings 5.15, Then he turned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in the land except in Israel. This little girl being taken captive 
away from her home, away from her family. It would have been so easy for her to be bitter and angry from being taken like that. And instead, she was not only content in where she was, but she showed compassion to the person who had her. Because of this, Naaman was not only healed from his leprosy, but he also believed in God. Now, I want to make sure that I cover this one thing before we move on. And that is that adversity does bring about change. There are certainly times when God brings adversity into our lives because he wants to shake things up a bit. He wants to change things. He wants to move us in a different direction. But if we have tried everything that we know of in following God, in changing what our circumstances are, and nothing has worked, nothing has happened, then it's time for us to start looking at the Lord and go, okay, do you want me to be content right here where I'm at? Why am I here? What is it that you want me to learn? What is it that you want me to do? So to help us live this out in our faith, I have some application questions for you today. And I recommend that you write these questions down. They're going to be in the show notes so that you can easily go and copy them. But write the questions down so that you have a place to also write your answers. It could be a blank sheet of paper. It can be a journal, whatever you want. It really doesn't matter. But by writing the questions down and writing the answers down, that allows you time to really focus and to think about your answers, to pray over them, and to have God lead you in what the answers might be. So question number one, where are you right now? Are you praying for patience or asking God to change something in your life? What is it that you're wanting him to change? So that's all part of question one. Where are you right now? Are you asking God to change something? And if so, what is it exactly that you want him to change? And then question two, are you angry or bitter about your circumstances? Or are you concerned about what might be up next? Describe what you're feeling. In Ephesians 4.31, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outbursts, and blasphemies with all malice be taken away from you. So if you're feeling that you have this anger and this bitterness or this fear and that you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, then describe those feelings and ask God to help you with them. So on to question three, what promise from God do you need to trust in to help you be content where you are? Because remember I said that Paul Trust God, trust his word, trust his sovereignty, trust his provision for him. And then that's why he could be content no matter where he was, no matter what his circumstances were. So what promise from God do you think that you need to start believing in in order to be content where you are? Is it trusting God and that there is a reason why he has you in this place? And you might want to read the story of Joseph that starts in Genesis chapter 37 all throughout Joseph's life. There are things that God does and puts him in a particular place and Joseph doesn't understand why, but he makes the best of the situation. And then later he realizes what God was doing and how God was moving. And then the second one, 
with under three is, is it that you need to trust him to provide for you? And if that's where you need to trust him, then I recommend that you go and listen to episode number 12. And we talk all about that. And there's all kinds of scriptures in there for you to help you to build that trust and that God will provide for you. And then the next one is, do you need to trust in his timing and his wisdom and not your own? Have you made plans and you know that how you want things to be or the time that you want things to happen and it's not happening and that's why you feel that you don't have patience. In Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God knows. He's sovereign. He sees everything. He knows the future. And we have a tendency to get frustrated when things don't happen the way that we think they should or or in our timing. And we need to trust him that he knows what he's doing and that he is sovereign. And then what about entrusting the fact that he does have a long-term plan for your life, even though you may not know what that plan is? But he does. He has a long-term, wonderful plan for your life that brings you a hope and a future. And I know that that's one of the things that when our business was in that downturn and we, you know, weren't making the money that we needed to make, it was, I had to pray this prayer, pray this um, verse that I'm about to give you because I was concerned and I'm like, Lord, Where are you leading us? And it was difficult to be content at that time. But what I prayed was this, was Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. No matter what our future looks like right now, we know and can trust God that there is a wonderful future for us and that there is a hope. And then lastly, are you needing to trust him for strength and for wisdom to be content through a difficult time in your life? In Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God doesn't say, you figure it out. He doesn't say, you muster up as much strength as you can. No, he says that he's going to come alongside of you. And that's where I'm at. And that God is coming alongside of me and he's giving me strength and perseverance so that I can be content in this difficult time. And then Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you and he will not leave you nor forsake you. God is always with us and he loves us and he keeps us going and he keeps us on the path that he wants us to be on. And we can trust in that and we can be content in whatever our circumstances are and whatever is happening around us, because we know that God is not only beside us, but he has gone before us with a perfect plan for our lives and what it is that he wants for us. So like I said, these questions and then also the scripture references that I have here, they're all going to be in the show notes for you so that you can refer to them. And then also 
There is a Faith Lived Out Community Facebook page. If you haven't gone there yet to join, I encourage you to do so. I will start a post on there, start a thread on there that you can go and put your answers to your questions down. Be brave. Put your answers down and help Miss Glenn. Let us help you be accountable to be content and to pray with you and to come alongside you in that. And as we share with each other what our struggles are, then we don't feel alone. And we're encouraged by other people and what they're going through and what God is doing in their lives and how he is answering prayers. So I encourage you to go and do that. Write out your answers and then take some of them. You don't have to take all the answers to the questions, but take some of that and put it in the thread so that we can come by and we can come beside you and pray with you and lift you up and help you learn to be content where God has you today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for these women. I thank you for the encouragement that they have given me as they have written reviews, Lord, have they, as they have written comments on their Facebook page. And Lord, I just thank you for them. I just ask, Lord, that you would be with each and every one. If they're struggling, if they're having a hard time being patient and waiting on your timing, Lord, on your plan and what it is that you have for their lives, Lord, I would ask that you would help them be content to learn to be content where they are, to not be seeking what kind of change might be around the next corner. And Lord, you know that I'm so familiar with that because that's the way I do things all the time. And Lord, you are teaching me to be content in you. And I find that when I stop, Lord, when I stop and I trust you, then you do give me the peace that I'm searching for. And oftentimes you change my life without me even realizing it. Lord, I thank you so much that you are there with us every single day. You guide us, direct us, you lift us up and encourage us. Lord, thank you for that. And I just ask for you to do the same, to be with each and every one of these ladies in the same way, Lord. In your name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. 
Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.